Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast, conversations with today's top ministry leaders to help you lead better every day. And now podcasting from scenic Colorado Springs, Colorado, here's your host, Jason Day. Welcome, friends, to the Church Leaders Podcast. I am your host, Jason Day, and I have a great guest for us this week, Jeff Reed. Jeff has nearly two decades of experience working in the digital church world and currently serves as the Director of Digital Church Planting with Stadia Church Planting. Jeff is the founder of The Church.Digital and is passionate about helping churches expand their ministry by utilizing digital platforms. Needless to say, Jeff has been incredibly busy during this crisis. Now in this episode, Jeff and I discuss how churches can better approach the interplay between physical in-person ministry and online ministry to help them move past survivability during the COVID-19 pandemic into active engagement in God's ongoing mission. Jeff shares how smaller churches are uniquely positioned to experience kingdom growth through online ministry and explains why you need to do more than just stream your Sunday service online. I believe this is an episode you'll want to share with your leadership and consider next steps for your local church. It's such a helpful conversation. And so now please, won't you join me in my conversation with Jeff Reed. Jeff, so excited to have you with us here on the Church Leaders Podcast. Welcome. Hey, thanks, Jason. Great to be here. Yeah, brother. Um, super excited because this conversation, I think, is going to be one that is going to be very, very helpful for our listeners, pastors and ministry leaders, because you, Jeff, have been very involved in uh, digital and online church and ministry for many, many years. And uh, it's no secret that we find ourselves in a very challenging time. Um, especially as as pastors and ministry leaders and trying to connect with our people, build relationships with our people in a time where, you know, the pandemic has has made it very challenging to be in person. And so a lot of ministry has moved online. And I, I think for a lot of pastors, a lot of the conversations that I've had recently, a lot of pastors were feeling as if um, that might be kind of a, a short-term fix um, as we get through some challenging times. But just even in the last probably month, uh, last few weeks, I've had more and more pastors talking about it seems like um, online and digital ministry is going to be actually part of the long-term reality for local churches. And so we really are looking forward to getting some of your insights on what does it look like for a church to kind of bridge in person when that's available with online and digital ministry. What does that look like in terms of discipleship, building relationships, and then uh, mission? You know, how, how do we reach new people as well and engage them in, in the life of the church? So I think to start out, it's a big question, but it's a question that I think is, is pressing, and that is, what, Jeff, do you see as the greatest challenge for the local church, for uh, church leadership, pastors, ministry leaders, who are really looking at what does it look like for us to bridge this gap between online and digital and in-person ministry and um, what does what what can we do practically to make this um, a long-term solution um, for our local church ministries well hey nothing like dumping jumping straight into the deep end here that that's that's, that's <laughs> gonna be a fun conversation right so look here, here's the thing pre-covid the church we knew how to do ministry physically couple hundred years, American church been around doing the thing it's doing. Like we, we got the drill down. Actually, I was, was talking with a, a lead pastor this morning whose church 
he has literally been around 193 years. Wow. I didn't even know churches went back that far, but evidently this guy has he has he said he hasn't been there all 193 years. <laughs> a couple people may still be around that. No, I'm kidding. But we've been doing physical ministry for a long time. Well, we don't what we don't really know how to do well is this idea of, of digital ministry, uh, of doing church being the church on, on, online. You see, like um, pre-COVID, and it was, let's broadcast our services. Let's just do our services. Let's get that out there. Um, and, and in this COVID season, we've seen a huge growth of churches that are doing services online. Pre-COVID, I want to say maybe... 10 to 10 percent plus or minus a little bit there on official numbers we're broadcasting their services online at this point lifeway's telling us 50 60 70 percent plus are now there are there are parts of church though that while we're broadcasting our services that we're still not comfortable doing physically some 30 to 40 percent of churches are not comfortable at this point even doing communion uh, ordinances, what, what does baptism look like in, in different contexts and COVID's causing some issues, even with the baptism piece. Um, but we're not really okay yet with this idea of holistically doing all of church online. Now, there are churches that are, are exploring and experimenting with this. Uh, there's a, lots of churches in this season that have explored micro locations and, and starting to, to get into that area. But, but what we struggle with is well i had a church tell me this this way this morning this is a it was a church and he said jeff you know what this was the executive pastor he said jeff um yeah so when COVID happened we paused our ministries mm. and for the past four months we've really paused aggressively doing ministry and, and, and we're realizing at this point looking at the future of COVID, it's not good enough to just pause We've got to figure out how to thrive, how to survive, how to grow in right. this. We can't just always say, oh, it'll get better tomorrow. It'll get better tomorrow. Um, I mean, biblically, you don't worry about tomorrow. Worry about today, Matthew 6, 34. And so what does it look like for the church to do true ministry, not just broadcast the services? There's more the church than just your one hour on Sunday. What does it look like to be the church in a digital environment, what does it look like to be the church online? Yeah, that, that, that's good. And and I think that, you know, just that pastor you were talking to even today, you know, what he said probably resonates with a lot of people listening right now. You know, it's, it's that, that idea that, okay, this is kind of, um, and it's a phrase that's been beat to death, but the new normal, right? This is this is what what our, our world is looking like. And, and so as far as ministry, you know, we need to be, moving forward, as you said, we don't want to just be kind of treading water, um, hoping, hoping things are going to, to change. We need to say, okay, uh, the mission of the church has not changed, right? Um, doesn't matter pandemic. This isn't the first pandemic that struck the world, uh, since the church has, has been around, right? And the church has always stepped in, in the midst of those pandemics and has been the church. And so we need to, um, make sure that we are, like you said, um, not just, you know, trying to survive, you know, this, this issue and this crisis, but how are we proactively doing the work, um, that God has called us to do? And so let me ask you this question, Jeff, there are churches, obviously large mega churches that have, you know, large budgets and have, um, equipment and have, you know, 
teams that can help run all of you know these digital ministries, right? I mean, you've been a part of that um, yourself. Um, but the majority of churches across the U.S. are not that, right? They, they don't have a whole team, right? And and uh, they don't have an expert like you who is on staff with them or whatever, you know. So for those pastors who don't have maybe the 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 resources and the insights and those types of things, how are they able to really kind of step into ministry online that's not just kind of a Band-Aid fix? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I, I would even throw this. I actually believe, and I am, I'm coming from a mega giga multi-site environment. I've, I've done ministry in those areas. I actually think the smaller churches have a stronger opportunity to make a difference than, than bigger churches today. Mm. I had a, a friend of mine is a, is a, a online pastor, 20,000 person giga church uh, up, up north. And I'm not going to tell you the church, obviously, but in context, he told me, Jeff, um, I, I actually wish I was at a church plant right now where I was able to do tangible physical ministry as opposed to being at this. He said this right maybe a month into, into COVID hmm. because the, the strength of online, and this is the thing that big churches struggle to realize because big churches struggle with this physically as well as in, in online environments. The strength is relationships. Hmm. Um, it, it's, it's the ability to connect with people to engage in two-way conversations, relationally meet people, and through that relationship, get them connected in, into your church. And this is the thing. And I, with the physically, yeah, sometimes we struggle with that. The biggest relationship gathering that happens in physical environments is probably the lobby outside your worship center. You do the church service for the hour. Everybody's leaving the building. If you're like the typical church, the lead pastor's probably out there shaking hands. You got some some staff people around. You got some people with clipboards trying to sign somebody up for a small group next step. But you're doing that in that physical environment because it's it's convenient. You're grabbing leads as much as they're possible to get them connected in, in the other ministry. The hardest thing in all of church online is that right there. How do I get people connected? Because in a physical environment, I have to leave my pew to walk to the parking lot, and I'll probably walk past uh, a whole bunch of people along the way. Mm-hmm. In, a, in an online environment, that exiting process is clicking the red X. Right, right. And so it's much easier for a person to escape. I don't know if I really want to use that word, but to leave the virtual service. Mm-hmm. So what we need to do is start relationally connecting with people, even while the service is happening, trying to meet, engage, have conversations, create a connection with people that funnels them in, into deeper into what we are offering digitally, whether it's small groups, whether there's a discipleship, whether it's trying to get people to be on mission by serving, giving, whatever your digital discipleship pathway is. In a physical environment, it's easy to get started, and it's for, it's harder to get people deeper down the process. In a virtual environment, churches find that it's a little harder to get people started, to get the flywheel spinning. But once you get it started, people get through the process much quicker because it's now it's more convenient and easier for them to do it digitally mm. because they can do it on their own time. So if we're really trying to do a comparison between physical and digital, they operate completely differently. 
And, and so it's understanding, okay, here's the strengths of physical, here's the strengths of digital. And, and some of the language that I actually use is this word called fidgetal. It's combining physical and digital. And so how can we take the strengths of a physical environment, the strengths of a digital environment, and create a unified process that helps us as the church be more effective in creating disciple makers here in our city as well as around the world. Yeah, I, I love that. And and Jeff, one of the things as you're talking, it, you know, I'm trying to kind of process through, it seems that a lot of churches, even a lot of the, the mega churches um, and pastors that I know, they, they pre-COVID, um, really looked at a lot of the times what was going on virtually, the, you know, digital campus, online campus, was um, in, in some ways separate from the physical campus in that there was not a lot of crossover. You know what I mean? And, there, and, the, and the questions were, I, I literally had just last summer, um, a mega church uh, executive pastor, we were talking, and they're like, we're really looking for how do we bridge that gap? You know, that, I mean, that was, that was a question they're asking. This is a vibrant church that's doing amazing ministry. And they were trying to figure out how do we, how do we bring these two separate environments together? Because right now they feel like, uh, you know, same core values, you know, same preaching and teaching, but they're two like almost completely separate entities yeah. aside from, you know, just, you know, the, the branding, the teaching and, and the values, but there's no integration. And, and it seems like, and this is why I like the term that you use, the fidgetal term, because that seems to be recognizing that, you know, the online virtual digital ministry we're doing is not just kind of siloed over here, but it does integrate. I mean, it's it's all together, you know, fidgetal. That's one word, <laughs> bringing both pieces together, right? So talk yep. to us a little bit about, Jeff, what, what does it look like or what have you seen to be effective when it comes to kind of bridging these two so they don't feel like they're siloed, but bridging them together and helping um, people to be active, you know, as, as able both in the physical um, church and in the, you know, online church. Yeah. Hey, let's break out our history books, right? Uh, Billy Graham. I, be I bet you didn't think you were going to talk fidgetal and you wanted to hear me say Billy Graham, right? <laughs> Billy Graham, 1995, preached a sermon. It was bounced off of 34 satellites, translated in real time with a bunch of different live translators. One billion, that's with a B, one billion people heard Billy Graham preach a sermon in 1995. I, I want to say it was like God's call for global missions or, or, or something like that. But a billion people heard it. That was 25 years ago. By the way, I was a, you, you probably don't care about this, but I was a college freshman in 1995. I was living in Texas. My my then girlfriend, now wife, was was here in, in Miami where I currently live. And, and we were paying something like 45 cents a minute for interstate communication, hmm. for me to call my wife on landlines. I mean, this is before cell phones, right. really. Like, it was, it was just landline. It was 45 cents a minute to, to Ma Bell or whatever it was. So, like, the improvements that we've had in technology these days, the strength of online is not this idea of reach where you want to get your message heard around the world. That 25 years ago, Billy Graham did it. Now, it's gotten cheaper. And so, yes, you can preach a message that somebody is going to hear in Ethiopia or in the Philippines on the other side of the planet from where I am. And, and that that's nice. But 
processing the content is not nearly as helpful in a digital environment as much as engaging. Mm. So if you want to make a difference in somebody's life, it's not letting them watch a church service. It's have a conversation with them. And, and truthfully, even the conversation is not one-way communication, but it's two-way. And, and the, so like, let's dialogue with people. Let's have conversations. Let's meet them where they are, build relationships with them. And through those relationships, then connect with people, connect people into the church. Go on Twitter right now uh, and say, Jesus is the only way to heaven. You will probably get yelled at and lambasted by a bunch of people who think you're crazy because you're not acknowledging them as people. You're telling them what to think. Now, if I have a relationship and I'm warmer with people and they see that I value them as people and not just things that they need to process, all of a sudden my, my opinions are, are not heard with cold ears that are quick to anger. They're, they're slow to anger and, and they start to process and, and learn through that. The, the Christian ministry in digital environments has to be one of, of engaging in conversation. Remember, like I said, it's a slower process to get people through that. But as you get people to now understand, as you get people on mission and you get them excited about doing that same thing, about replicating what they've experienced with others and sharing it with their circle of influence, that expands. And, and so the secret to, to digital, uh, and I, I don't mean I don't want to drop a, a, a mic here literally on, on the podcast, but if we want to, if we want to impact people digitally, we need to be discipling others to disciple others. It's a disciple making movement digitally, which honestly is the weakness of a lot of the physical churches pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, we, okay, we're doing the services. We're, we're, we need X number of volunteers to serve and guest services and whatever. So we've got people serving at that level. We've got small groups. Like that's almost like the surface level church. But what we've really struggled with, in the, at least in the USA church in, in recent years, is this idea of defining and creating what a disciple maker is and, and then unleashing them to go. And my suggestion to, to churches that are out there listening to this podcast, as well as the many others that I've talked with, is what better time to start your disciple-making process, to firm up your disciple-making process, than right now? Like, never mind the fact that we can't do the services, that we can't meet in person. All that, if you do a virtual service, it's going to compete with the physical service. Yes, there's conversations. Yes, we can dialogue through that. But the best steps that a church can do now is ferment and create that disciple-making process. In 2020, it does not matter what we as an organization say about ourselves. It matters far more about what others say about us. If you look at the cancel culture that's going across social media right now, you see that time and time again. It doesn't matter what we say. It matters what others are saying of us. Yes, we need to be careful what we say, but on top of that, let's get others to share their faith. Let's get others to champion in this, this idea of it. Somebody, let me, oh, just real quick, quick story. Seth Godin podcast. Seth Godin's a, a marketing guy. He's not a Christian. He's actually mm-hmm. Jewish. Uh, but he did a podcast. And some guy uh, from Hungary, I think it was Hungary, asked him a question. How do you, how should I get my message heard around the world? And the guy was trying to ask the question, what social media networks are valid around the world? The question Seth Godin answered wasn't that. The question Seth Godin answered was, 
how do you get a message heard around the world? To which Seth Godin's response was, you're not going to tell a billion people. A billion people don't care about what you're doing. There's no way to get a billion people to care about your message. 100 million, 10 million, 1 million, 100,000, 10,000. The goal, if you want your message heard around the world, is to tell the smallest amount of people possible and then get them to replicate that message to others. Seth Godin, in his you know, mm-hmm. infinite marketing wisdom, actually described the disciple-making process right. as the way to be effective to, to start a movement and change a culture. And, and so rather than thinking big with digital churches, and this is where small churches with no budget, you got no excuse. Think mm-hmm. small. Think how who are individuals that I can disciple to the place where they can now reach their circle of influence to disciple others and then unleash them to do that. This is how movements will start. And this is how I believe the church is going to be far more effective in, in a post-COVID environment. Yeah, that's fascinating, Jeff. Um, and, and I love that. I, I'm curious what are some maybe practical examples of, let's say, as you mentioned, you know, you're a, a small church and you have this opportunity in front of you to really, you know, develop disciple makers. What, practically speaking, what does that look like? Um, you know, what what type of platform do you see people using? Sure. You know, do they need anything special? You know, just, just practically, like if we're going to go after this, what does that kind of look like? I'll give you a specific example. You can Perfect. go to First Capital Christian Church, Cordon, Indiana. Small church. I say small. Okay, it's maybe 800 people. That's maybe a medium-sized church now. But um, it's in a small town, Cordon, Indiana. It's a town of 3,000. So in a town of 3,000, they've got 800 to 1,000 roughly attending this church. That's already 30% of the town. That's yeah, that's a that's little big. weird. I mean, that's, that's big, right? Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is they use a material called Rooted. Uh, which is set out by Mariner's Church in Mm -hmm. California for their discipleship. And through their disciple-making courses, First Capital Christian has actually discipled 20 volunteer campus pastors for micro-locations. They call them literally volunteer campus pastors. I've done podcast interviews with them. You can come on my website to, to check it out. But basically, they're growing people to the level of where these volunteer campus pastors are responsible for pastoring and shepherding Micro locations. Now, the micro locations are in like uh, hospital rehab centers, orphanages, after school daycare centers. They, I think they're doing three or four prisons at this point in, in different areas. Like these are very missional, outward facing, community based. And, and so, this small, this medium sized church, 800 to 1,000 in a small town, is already reaching like three to 500 more people a week through a volunteer led. Uh, church online service that's meeting in physical locations around the the town. So there are like 1,500, that's half the town is essentially numbers, you know, plus or minus whatever, but it's essentially engaging a whole lot more people because they've been able to move outside of the church doors and they've been able to realize, Hey, we, we can always hire more staff, but if we, if we train volunteers to lead, Maybe this idea can scale quicker and we can have more reach. And so the church is effectively doing that, where instead of this one campus on the outskirts of town, on the wrong side of the railroad tracks, in the building that nobody really wants to go to, they're managing to keep people on mission, discipling them and releasing them out 
to make a difference in the community where they are. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's an awesome story. I want I want to um, push a little further, Jeff. Let's say you're a church of a hundred, okay? Because a lot of a lot of listeners are going to be like, "Hey, we're sure. we're you know we're a church of a hundred. Eight hundred sounds huge to them, right?" So, sure. if you're a church of a hundred, where would you if you're just sitting down with a pastor having a cup of coffee, um, or Zoom Zoom call, you know, a virtual cup of coffee, right? Um, and they said, "Hey, Jeff." We really want to to make an impact. We see that digital is a part of our future and a part of our reality. What would you suggest we do? I would look at core individuals. Okay. I would ask questions like, "What's your what's your disciple making process right now?" Uh, usually, the average answer: big church or small church. We really don't have one, or it's kind of organic. We don't actually have it written down. We just kind of like to see what happens. The end game of this season, I would suggest, is to get individuals uh, work in evangelism, work disciple making, mm. start to build a sub team underneath that understands that. In this season where you can't create a movement, uh, where you can't gather physically, what if we work to create a movement otherwise? Mm. I had a church just recently. Um, he said, he said to me, Hey, we're, we're in the, we, we think we're actually going to split. Our church is going to split in this COVID season. It's about, I think it's about 200, 250 people. So that's crazy. Why, why are you splitting? What's, what's going on? Oh, this is uh, Jason. This is crazy. I, 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 pastors that are out there, I have so much empathy for you right now. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's such a hard job. This church is literally splitting is on the verge of splitting over masks. Oh 40% of the church is threatening to walk out the door because the lead pastor is saying, if you come in the building, you need to wear a mask. Mm. And, and so what, what, what I hear there is, is, man, it's a tough world to be a pastor. What I actually respect is, and, and I'm not making this political, either side of the coin, whatever. At the end of the day, these people that, that are upset about a piece of fabric over their face, they are showing passion. They are showing that they are evangelists, essentially, because they believe in something very strongly. What's unfortunate is that that their passion, forgive the the political, but I think it's misguided. Mm -hmm. If you could redirect the passion over wearing a mask or not wearing a mask into, I don't know, caring for the lost in the city, caring for evangelizing others, homeless, like redirect that into something within the community, all those evangelists that are so passionate, they have something else to care about. Mm. And that I think is the challenge. While we're, while we're at each other, let's find ways to redirect that, that passion out into others. And that's where I think disciple-making comes so clearly into play. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Um, Jeff, you work with uh, Stadia, which um, many people know it's a, a church planning network, church planning organization. What would you? What are you saying right now, when it comes to planting a church um, in the midst of of COVID? Because I know there were a lot of churches that were looking to launch around Easter, and all of this happened, and so <laughs> plans were were altered dramatically. Um, but I'm curious as to your insight because of uh, your your background and experience with digital church and working with a church planning organization what's happening there with the church plants yeah there are i can tell you a couple stories of churches that were we're not even supposed to launch until the fall of 2020 Mm. and and in this covid season they just decided to launch early 
they dove in um, and, and launched early digital first. And that's really a lot of the language that we're using with church planners is maybe you get your building, maybe you don't. Right. Um, but if the end game isn't building, the end game isn't even digital. Both of these are just means to the end. They're methods. The disciple making is, is the end. And so helping church planners recognize, hey, it's not about the building. It's, it's about the disciple making. And let's utilize whatever tools are available and effective to, to get there. And that's, that's been hard. You know, I, I've, one of my good friends is, uh, is one of these planners. And, uh, and so he's wanting to plan a church in Miami. And he, he knew the exact area. He was passionate about that. And he may get there. Time, time will tell. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, you know, it's very difficult to get leases to, to come right. in. School board schools aren't, especially here in Miami-Dade, like they're, they're shutting down left and right. No leases are on around at all. And so there's a lot of unknown. But in this season of unknown, rather than sitting on, on the hands and not doing anything, I can tell you a story of, of a guy, church planner. He won the plant in Columbus, Ohio. And he utilized Facebook uh, groups to meet people in Columbus, Ohio. He would then utilize Facebook Messenger to have conversations with people in Ohio. And before this guy, he currently, he, or at the time, he lived in, um, shoot, Michigan. He lived in Michigan. And, and he was in a different state than the church <laughs> he wanted to plant in. But he was developing through the technology uh, relationships. He was building his core team. He built 40 to 50 people to be on his core team. And, and he wasn't even in the state. And the rest of his core leadership was scattered around the country, like nobody in the same time zone. And, and it's utilizing the technology to relationally meet people, have the conversations, build it up. Now, if this does ever go back to the physical space, awesome. You've got a solid group with you. If, if we never get back to the physical space, we now understand how to do disciple making in digital space. Your church will be far more better in the future having that solidified and set right now. Yeah, that's good. Let's talk a little bit about that, developing those those relationships and doing some disciple-making digitally. Are you seeing churches have, you know, working kind of on a virtual platform, unleashing their people, having these conversations online, and then meeting in smaller groups, perhaps? I mean, is that is that one of the things that you're seeing churches doing? Um, so that those that can get together in a smaller group are getting together in a smaller group, and yet there's this bigger kind of um, online um, ongoing ministry, and then there are a bunch of you know these you know almost like microsites or just small groups that are that are gathering around. Is that something yeah. that that's working right now? Well, and that's the beauty of of this phrase "fidgetal," because whether it's physical or digital uh, doesn't matter because in the end game, it's, those are methods. Those are means to the end. Right. The end is, is growing in, in, in disciple making. If I, if I say, Hey, I just bought a rake at, at home Depot. Does it matter if I bought it from home Depot.com, uh, the Pinecrest home Depot or the South Dade home Depot doesn't matter into the day I got a rake. <laughs> uh, so the, the method doesn't, isn't as important as, as the end game of where you're helping people get to. Uh, where I am, uh, like here in Miami, we just announced the, uh, Monday that we're going all the way back to phase one. Like there is no gathering because the numbers skyrocketed. They spiked. Mm -hmm. and, and so the 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 mayor announced and, and we're heading that direction. Other places around the country, 
you may be able to meet and to gather respectfully. And there, there may be challenges with that. I know pastors that have opened and had major spike issues where literally half the staff got COVID because they opened too quickly and, and, and take those warnings into consideration. But if you can meet individually or if you can meet together in making a disciple making process, it's, it's irrelevant. Um, take, take the risks, be aware of, of what's happening pray through it and, and and figure out what the best approach is. I personally lean more towards, you know, isolation uh, in, in the season, but that's just my kind of leanings on that directly. Right, right. No, that, that's, that, that, that makes sense. Are you seeing churches wanting to direct people, um, the churches that are doing the disciple making process as you've, as you've discussed, you know, and, and we know that not as many of them are doing that, but hopefully during the season, more and more get engaged as you've kind of championed. Do you see them then trying to direct people to an online worship gathering? Like, so there's still that corporate worship and corporate kind of teaching experience, or are they kind of staying, um, you know, in smaller, either one-on-one or smaller group type discipling online? It's, it's a mix of it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do think that the majority of churches are doing something online. Um, I, think, I think I said 60, 70%. Mm-hmm. LifeWays told us is broadcasting some sort of a service uh, at this point. And, and so, like, keeping that in, in play. Um, and so, like, the services, the, the discipleship feeds into the service, services feed into the discipleship, kind of can go either way in that. It can, that's a whole conversation unto itself. But the... The, the challenge is, and this is the one thing to really ask somebody out there saying, hey, this guy Jeff's crazy. <laughs> ask yourself this right now. I, I, it's totally, I get it all the time. It's not a problem. How effective, how really, really, really effective are our church online services right now on connecting you with lost people? Hmm. Like, are, are, they, are they watching? Now, I'm not talking about like people who haven't attended your church in 10 years that you're now reengaging with. I'm talking about like people who are disconnected and lost. How effective are they? Um, chances are not really, unless you've got somebody who's championing that for mm-hmm. you, who's saying, hey, I want to share my church online service with my friend right. and invite them into it, which now you've got that disciple-making piece happening a little more organically, but but it's, it's definitely there. See, I, I don't... I think our church services serve a purpose. I, I'm not sure that it's the, in, in the future, I don't think it's the evangelism piece that we need it to, hmm. just into relation of how difficult culture is right now against Christian ideals. I think the further we go in this, the harder it's going to be for our Christian message to be heard when it's broadcasted to masses. But I think when individuals relationally share well, it's a it's a lot harder to 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 disagree with somebody that that I know. That's their experience. I have to listen to it more. Hmm. So I think our church service. You know, a lot of people t- tell the analogy where the church service is the queen, and the queen's been taken off the chessboard, and we, the church, need to figure out how to play chess w- without the queen. That that's a great analogy, but I, I don't think when the queen gets back on the table, I don't think the queen operates like the queen used to. Hmm. I think culture is changing in and amongst us right now. And, and we're going to have to continually adjust our systems overall more than just physical and digital, like what each piece does. Yeah. Wow. 
that's that's a whole nother series of discussions to dig into, right, Jeff? Um, real quickly, so if people uh, listening in are like, man, this is resonating, like this is my experience, and I really don't know how to unleash, you know, disciple making, as you said, you know, I, 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 this is something I'd love to do. I'd love to see our church embrace this during the season, um, but I'm not really sure what next steps are. What what do you have available to people? I know you're doing some some cohorts, I think, or some some training, special training specifically on this. Talk to us a little bit about that. Awesome. Hey, thanks. Yeah, we're doing a uh, some learning communities. We're actually taking 70 churches right now through digital learning communities where we're helping them figure out how to thrive, grow, and multiply, not just physically, but digitally. And so part of its content where we, we've got churches like uh, Church Home, uh, Mark Venti, the executive pastor over there, Jay Cranda, online pastor from Saddleback, Crossroads community, uh, Crossroads up in Cincinnati is bringing some in. We're bringing in large churches, small churches to come in and, and start to create content that's going to help us start to question what we're doing as, as a church and maybe help us figure out wh- how we should grow. Now, what's interesting in all of Church Online is there's no silver bullet towards this. Hmm. Uh, a church X and church Y, you're going to do things differently because your mission and your vision of your church are differently. And, and so rather than just giving you content and letting you figure it out, we're also creating communities where we're grouping together similar churches and walking them through in, in huddles with small groups of churches, uh, guided huddles to, to help you figure out how to apply this, how to shape it, and how to give you practical advice for how to execute. So we're not just giving you like uh, conference content and sending you on your way, but we're walking you through the process. So like I said, we're doing this for 70 churches right now, uh, and we're, we're opening up another group in August. Uh, if you're interested in this, you go to stadiachurchplanting.org slash digital, P-H-Y-G-I-T-A-L. Um, or you can uh, check out uh, thechurch.digital. That's one of my separate websites through Stadia. But we, you know, talk about and communicate all the um, the links and, and the things towards the learning communities off of that. So stadiachurchplanting.org/slash/digital. P-H-Y-G-I-T-A-L. That's awesome, Jeff. I love that you guys are are kind of trying to lead the way in that and create these communities where dialogue is happening, where um, people are sharing ideas, sharing experiences, sharing what's working, what's not working, because I think this is the time when when um, ministry leaders need to come together, right? Need to come together for the cause of the kingdom, um, share those experiences, encourage one another, um, learn from one another to really um, to really see how we can be um, effective as, as the church in, in these times. So I certainly appreciate that. And for our listeners, um, the links that Jeff shared will have in the show notes, so be sure to check those out. And you did mention uh, the church.digital, Jeff, and I know I, I do want to kind of highlight that um, because that is a great resource um, for anyone listening in who's looking for um, conversations around ideas, insights, experiences of um, churches that are um, wrestling with and being effective with um, digital uh, church ministry. So it's fascinating. I mean, you have tons of podcasts and vlogs and articles and new fresh things popping on there all the time. So huge resource um, for the church um, when it comes to thinking through some of these 
uh, digital, online, virtual type um, platforms, realities, and what that looks like for the church. So I uh, definitely want to encourage people to check that out as well. Jeff, if, if someone wants to connect with you directly, what's the best way for them to, to connect? Yeah, so hit me up on social media. Uh, mm. This is going to be weird. Uh, all my handles are DeerFedge. D-E-E-R-F-F-E-J. Basically, it's Jeff Reed backwards. Um, there's a lot of famous Jeff Reeds out there. <laughs> uh, and so I, I kind of have lost that battle. So I've just become DeerFedge. So hit me up on social media, the church, uh, the church digital on social media as well. Kind of keep an eye on that. Uh, would love to engage, talk through uh, with all of you, any of you. If you've got questions on this online ministry, it's hard. Mm. And if it's done right... Um, if it's going to help you long term, if it's going to be part of your not physical strategy, not digital strategy, your long term strategy, it's a difficult process. But the end game, once you get that flywheel spinning, uh, you're going to see ministry happen and you're going to reach a, a new people that you've never imagined you'd reach before. So we'd love to uh, engage, converse, whatever with uh, whoever had any questions. Awesome, Jeff. Thank you so much. Uh, such an important topic, and uh, I just love how God's been molding you over <laughs> the last couple of decades to prepare um, you know, for such a time as this. So thank you for being a voice in the church and for all you're doing to help equip the church um, in these uh, challenging times of ministry. So appreciate you, brother. Thank you, Jason. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Every week as we are putting the episodes together, we're thinking of you, our pastors and ministry leaders and striving to provide insightful and inspiring interviews as you seek to grow as a kingdom leader. We hope you are finding value from the Church Leaders Podcast, and if so, we would appreciate you taking a few moments to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your positive reviews and ratings help other church leaders more easily find our podcast so they can benefit as well. Thank you in advance. And if you have any comments, suggestions, or ideas for guests, I would love to hear from you. You can send an email to podcast at churchleaders.com or connect with me on Twitter. You can find this podcast as well as other great faith-based podcasts on the FaithPlay app, available for both Apple and Android. So be sure to check out FaithPlay. Until next time, this is Jason Day encouraging you to love well and lead well. You've been listening to the Church Leaders Podcast. For articles, videos, and free resources that will help you lead better every day, visit our website at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.